Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX Podcast Houston Supercross Wrap-Up. Uh, what a night it was in Houston, and uh, I'm your host, Steve Mathis. These are presented by ThorMX, by the way. Thank you, ThorMX, for, uh, for coming on board with us. Um, the gear of choice of Ryan Villapoto, who yet won yet again. Uh, check him out at ThorMX.com. Like I said, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, a guy who's in mid-flight, uh, selling gear, hawking gear, uh, Jason Thomas. That would be me. I'm actually delayed going into Chicago, which is a complete shocker. Complete shocker. Can't believe O'Hare isn't running smoothly today. Um, and uh, and also too in uh, at the JGR shop right now is uh, Jason Wygan. Yeah, you almost messed up lunch. I'm very upset with the scheduling. Well, you're the one who texted us, so you sort of scheduled yourself to to miss lunch. Well, JT said we had a very small window, very small window. We were throwing the ball in a triple coverage. What is for lunch today, JGR? Today was uh, fried chicken. This is how you can pretty much uh, determine what the lunch is going to be. Mm-hmm. If I see Brayton packing his own lunch, that means it's not going to be healthy. Oh, okay. So yep. today he was not eating. He's not eating today. <laughs> yeah. So then you're rubbing yeah, your hands. So southern food all the way today. Right. So you're rubbing your hands together because you know it's going to be good. I mean, honestly, it's free. I'm not going to complain either way. Right, yeah, good point. Excellent point. If they um, give me a bowl of rice, I'm pumped. Um, all right, Houston is come and gone. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the track first. I liked it, JT. Uh, it was a good track. It was cool. Uh, yeah, I liked some things about it. I thought, I thought uh, passing looked really tough. But, I mean, you know, I'm all for the unique stuff. Like, went across the start a couple times, which is different. You know, yeah. anything different I'm kind of a fan of. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really not sure how we can get more passing because there, you know, there wasn't much of that. But overall, yeah. it was all right. Yeah, I don't think it was a track. Big whoops, and they left them. No Chad Reed to, uh, you know, take a photo of you in them. You and Chad didn't conspire this week to ruin the track. So good job. Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they left them though. They look like they left the whoops. They, they, I guess they rolled them one time, but. Uh, they were they were tough all night, Wygant. They were uh, they gave the guys fits like those unseated 250 guys, man. Those go, those dudes are struggling. I think the theory when they, we saw how huge those whoops were in practice was that you know Houston dirt's usually pretty soft compared to the way most tracks are nowadays. I think a lot of people figured that they would break down and it was going to take a lot of maintenance. And then each time you do maintenance for the whoops, you roll them in and then they get smaller and smaller. So I guess they kind of maybe overdid it at the beginning. But then everyone seemed surprised that they didn't break down in that way. They actually got hard and slick instead of just getting rutted and beaten down, beaten down, beaten down. So they didn't get smaller, I think, in the way they had thought. So by almost by accident, I think they ended up with 
some pretty deep loops. But some of the riders said, and JT, you probably heard it too, Matt, this maybe you too, but just the just changing some of the angles of it. They didn't make them smaller, but they made them a little less steep as the practices went on, and that changed it from almost impassable to just tough. I mean, they were ridiculous at the beginning of the day. Um, yeah, they were, but that's fine. That's all right. When I say ridiculous, like, we're like, – I don't think people – even uh, Holly's show doesn't show you the untimed practice. Like, we're not kidding. Dungey could not blitz them. He couldn't blitz them. Yeah. Couldn't get to the end. I don't think Barsha could either. But, it was yeah. it was tough. This is super cause. This is supposed to be hard, JT, right? This is – Yeah, this, I kind of wish they would have left him because right. – Okay, yeah, I understand guys are having a, a tough time blitzing him. Well, welcome to 10 years ago. There was – you know, it was yeah. – they were really hard to blitz. So then you – figure out rhythms and you have to get creative on, you know, okay, I can't blitz them fast. What else can I do? You know, can I wheel tap blitz and then wheel tap and then jump out or, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's kind of my opinion is I, I kind of wish they would be really tough sometimes because then there's only a few guys that can blitz and that's a huge time saver. The guys that can do it. And then there's the guys that can't do it and they start jumping and get good rhythms and there's right. guys that are, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It just puts more creativity into the section. I mean, they make them a little bit easier than everybody blitzes, and then, you know, there's not much time gain or loss there. One of the, the same old, same old story. One of the things about four strokes is they've made whoops way easier. You, if you, if everyone, if you guys are complaining now, go back to Anaheim 2000 and get get on a two stroke and try to stay on the power curve going through whoops. I mean, it theoretically it's easier now. And oh yeah, Without also a doubt. right, less, less wheel spin, more torque, all yeah. those things. Whoops are much, much easier. And, and also, these, these Supercross racers, supposedly, this is the best of the best. This is the elite series in America. Maybe the hardest one to race. And if you're struggling through the whoops, too bad. I don't know. I guess it's harsh, but I'm not the one cartwheeling, but make them big. These guys are the best in the world. That's kind of my thinking. You know, also, I'd say that it wasn't necessarily unsafe the way they were big because they were going so slow through there. I mean, honestly, any time it's, it's tough to get through, there's a chance a guy's going to crash, and any time you hit the ground, there's a chance of getting hurt. But we're not talking like Dungey was third gear tapped out going 35 right. miles an hour and went over his bars. Like, he, they were in – like, it was trail riding speed when they couldn't get to the top of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't it was... necessarily, like, unbelievably dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, if anybody listened to our pre-race show, we talked about how um, the track should go underneath the finish line. And that that way, it forces the riders to have to jump the finish line. Um, some laughed at that idea, and you know, like the Ivan, like the Ivan Stewart um, Nitro Circus truck thing, Nitro truck deal, video game. But um, that wouldn't have worked out so good for Will Hahn had had guys gone underneath him. So probably probably a good idea. We didn't do that. Uh, um, I would say that's a safe bet. Right. And I think you may have yeah. been the only one on board with that idea. Mm, no, nah, I think Wygant was also on board with me. We both wanted to see it. No, I was okay. just excited. Well, it would have been like Mad Max on Thunderdome if that had been going on because yeah. he would have, uh, yeah, there would have been dead people on the track what'd multiple you, times. What did you say, Wygant? I was excited about the Ivan Stewart video game reference. I was in no way saying that they should have the track. Oh. Riders just landing T-boning and landing on each other in one move. Oh, maybe, spectacular. Maybe, maybe that was just me then. A, a T-bone landing on. How's that even possible? <laughs> hey, look, Supergrass is gnarly. Jump it. You got to jump oh, it. Right. You know? That's right. Um, 
Hey, well, again, um, I, I, I was IMing you this morning uh, for my column, observations column, because um, wasn't this supposed to be a super deep field and the most competitive field ever and everyone's going to be gnarly? And um, well, Ryan Villapoto, man, he, he's making a mockery of this. Uh, five in a row, six out of the last seven, and almost a whole race lead now. And he was very boring, very boring to watch. Um in, in Houston. Yeah, this is the thing that you and I were talking about today. There's something about Ryan Villapoto, and this is what I wrote last week in the, my Redux column about where he wins a lot, he's pretty dominant, but it just for some reason doesn't come across the same way as other guys that have been like that. And the example is, like for three years, he just basically crushed everybody outdoors on a 250. He had one year where Townley was pretty good competition. But for the most part, he owned that class. He won three titles in a row. But I feel like every year when the Nationals would begin, They'd be like, dude, that Elijah class is wide open, man. Anybody can win. And he was a champ. And he was coming back as defending champ. And he didn't luck into the title the year before. It was weird. Yeah. And I almost feel like it's the same thing now. And now that I'm thinking about it, 2011 was obviously very close. I mean, what did he win the title over Reebok? Five points or something like that? Yeah. But he did have a race where he didn't make the main. And that wasn't because he was slow. It just happened. Right. Right. That's an anomaly. Let's say he makes the main that night. You're looking at the last three years where he's this year he could he could potentially wrap up the title early this year, right? Right. right. Well, he wrapped, he wrapped up the title way early last year. Yeah. There's a chance that he could have won these with races to spare, where yeah. it seems like it it appears that he's winning by the skin of his teeth. But I don't know if that's really the case. So where does he sit in history? I mean, if he wins this three this third title in a row, that will be only the third rider to win three in a row, correct? Uh, uh, fourth, Carmichael, McGrath, and, and Hannah. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. So where does he sit yeah. in history? Is he, I mean, not that he cares. Well, the but. thing is, the only other guy that even won two in a row was Stanton. RJ didn't win two in a row. You know, uh, uh, Reed or Stewart didn't win two in a row. Like, even two in a row is hard. Right. Yeah. And this isn't me being, I, we get accused of this all the time of our media favorites and stuff, but I'm just saying, it seems weird to say, well, Ryan Villapoto is clearly had a better Supercross career than Chad Reed or James Stewart. It seems bizarre to say that. It does. It doesn't okay. seem, yeah. But he has. I, I, I it, mean, three titles in a row, pretty good. Wow. So it's weird. He hasn't won as many races, but he get, hasn't raced as long either yet. Why don't we get that Hansel guy to do number of wins at, you know, say the end of 2013, however many career Supercross races that is for RV. And then how many wins does he have? And how many wins does Chad have? And how many wins does James have? You know? He's got to be. Yeah. He's, what, be, he's probably like 10 behind those guys, but obviously in a whole lot this season. So Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's going to hurt JT's. Right. JT's probably crying right now to thought that Ryan Villapoto could be, be better than Chad Reed. But he could be. Uh, what was he on the, on the list? Eight? All time? Yeah. No, he's now fifth. No, 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 no. I'm saying that our our race racks, oh. uh top thirty. Eighth, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. What I too. Um, yeah, I right. think if Something he like wins that. three titles in a row, he has to be moved up, like yeah. without a doubt. That's a huge feather in his cap. But still behind Bradshaw. No, oh. uh, he he's got to be moved up, you know, a lot. That's a huge. Uh, I mean, that's just a huge arguing point for him. With as deep as the field is now, to win three titles in a row is, is not something I can. I don't think you can't take that very lightly. He's not going to overtake. I don't think James or 
Ricky or any of those guys, obviously, yet. But well, uh, to do that in this field is pretty significant. He's 14 back of James, I think. So two more years left on a Cowie deal. Maybe he ends up there. Yeah, you would have right. to bet on and that. Is the ultimate point. measure. What's that? And is the ultimate measure just he's behind James on he's behind James on career wins, but you have to pass Stewart in career wins to officially be better. Like, is it all based on career wins, or do you say, hey, he won three in a row, Stewart couldn't even win two in a row? He's already better. Like, these are. Yeah. My point is, there's an argument here. Either way, you could see it either way. But yeah. I feel like for some reason you don't think of Villapoto you at don't. that level yet. No. I don't yeah. know why. Um, yeah. it was good. Uh, I just, I, yeah, I think if you look at the guys he's racing against versus the guys that maybe James won his against, obviously Ricky was part of that, but not for long. Uh, man, he, he's making a really solid case for himself uh, all time wise. Right. Um. Yeah, and again, that 11, I know that 11 title, it looked like he squeaked it out, but he did miss a main event, you know? So he yeah. he theoretically outperformed those guys when they were on the track together by a pretty big margin, even that season, and the last year wasn't even close. Interesting, why well, again, you brought, up the, you brought up the triple clamp undefeated streak, as did I. Um, since he made that change to the bike, though, I mean, look, it's got to be something. JT, right? So I he mean, thought that was ridiculous when I brought that up. He, he like, laughed. Yeah, he laughed at me, too. But it could, yeah. it's hard to tell because he laughs at me all the time. But um, right. he, you know, it was something that they they didn't try beginning of the year. They've tried before, and I I, I assume it's in JT on the offset. Why would you ever go out? Right? I guess you'd go out. I guess you could go out, but he's he's undefeated with these new the new offset. Yeah, I think that you know that may be part of it. Um, I, I definitely think it's a factor, but it's also He's not crashing. He's getting good starts. Yeah. He's doing, you know, he's doing all the things you have to do right. that he wasn't doing at the beginning of the year as well. You know? No, I'm, he, yeah. He was, he was fifth in practice, so it's not like he just turned up the pace and the triple clamps or everything. He just it's unstoppable speed now because I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think, you know, being, being at the, in the lead on the end of the first lap <laughs> consecutive weeks in a row is a big factor. And you got on top of that, he probably is the fastest guy, uh, you know, I don't think there's much of an argument against him being the fastest guy, but I, I just haven't seen a huge difference in speed. I mean, he was the fastest qualifier almost every week or battling with James for it before the triple plan changed. So I don't think that's everything. No, no, no. I, I just – it's a factor. Maybe not the biggest yes, factor. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, I, right, I agree. Right, I agree. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just completely turn a blind eye to right. it because since the change, he's like 5-0, and oh, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so you you can't just disregard it, but uh, there I don't think it's just that one factor only either. Can we can we talk about my bet before the main event, JT? Can we talk about Alessi? Yes, I think it was stupid on my part because I've taken the same bet you have with a bunch of my other friends, and I lost every time. So I'm like, all right, I'm going the other way, and I lost again. I gave so. uh, I gave the first person up in the press box. I gave them the field, and I took. Michael Essie for the whole shot for the main event. And I won $10 off of JT. And you paid up, too, right away. I like that. Yeah, it's good. I don't carry cash on me, so I wouldn't have been able to pay up. But um, when Mike's on, when Mike's starts are on, they're on. That's it. Bottom line. Now, of course, the whoops. Uh, he's not so good in the whoops. But um, well, I have a question. What was um, Tony Alessi mad at RV about? I, I 
saw you write that, but I didn't get the gist of it. Yes, Tony Alessi can. We had a lot of people angry at Houston. Tony Alessi went up to Williamson, angry about the heat race pass, although he has since sort of apologized. Um, there was no contact made. He just thought that RV had um, dicked around with Mike a little bit. Um, Blos went to go find Barsha to wring his neck. That was the reason why Blos ended up on the concrete while Barsha was lapping him. And then Tickle and Short, Watson, Kenny Watson went over to Short's truck to have words. And I think as did Tickle about uh, Andrew's uh, pass on Tickle. Lots of angry people in Houston. Oh, yeah, that one That one was heated. I thought that one was going to go sideways for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And was, was uh, yeah, there was threats. and right. Yeah, it was uh, now, went on for a while, too. And Watson a and Tickle were? 20 or 30-minute ordeal. And Tickle was there? Yeah, Tickle was oh. in our truck, and Watson was in our truck, and then Shorty was in their truck, and it was back and forth and yelling and wow. threats. And, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, sure. Well, it would, it would calm down, and then someone would say something the other didn't like, and then it would, you know, Escalate back up, and then right. everyone, you know, what I mean, just kept. Obviously, there's a lot of hard feelings there, and they were trying to work it out, but then somebody would just it would rub now, the other the wrong way. Now, uh, I was thinking. I mean, I was thinking about those two. They've been going at it all year. They have um, um, tickle broke short's finger, but short took him out of San Diego. Um, was there anything else? There had to have been a few more. They've been going at it all year. Yeah, supposedly. Uh, Supposedly, Tickle kept saying it's three to one that Tickle's taken Shorty out once, and and Shorty's taken Tickle out three times, and and Tickle's over it like enough's enough. And I, I don't know. I just it's kind of like every time they see each other, you get that heat of the moment type deal. And yeah, yeah. They, you know, they remember the other times. Doesn't matter how many times they're taking each other out. Like, oh, there's my there's that guy. I'm gonna take the enemy. So right. it's just got to be a conscious effort by both of them to. Try so, to keep it cleaner, really. I think at this point. Yeah. So, what do you? How do you fix this? You have you been, you've been in these battles a little bit with Bonnie. Um, yeah. You know, um, what do you do? It's just got to be. Yeah, it's got to be a conscious effort. You have to when you see that person, you have to say, okay, I'm going to pass this guy clean, or I'm going to give him room this time because I know if I do that, then he's going to remember. I, you know what I mean? It's got to yeah. go. Like somebody's got to do it first, and then they'll be like, all right, he didn't do anything stupid, so I'm not going to do anything stupid, you know? Right. Did, you, uh, did either of you – because yeah. when there's so much tension, right. if one person even – if they even rub a little bit, it's on. <laughs> like right. just, all those emotions come back immediately. I would have told Watson to uh, send someone over who was in charge uh, just to further <laughs> poke the bear. That's just me, though. Hey, Watson, can you send Mark Johnson over? Can you send RC over? <laughs> if, if neither one are them, we'll take the truck driver. Um, well, the thing about it is, 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 is Forrest and Watson were talking, and neither of them can do anything about it. Well, they you know? have beef too. Yeah, they have beef in their past. Yeah, they do, and they're. It's not like they're they hate each other or anything, but they're they can't do anything about what the riders are doing on the track. Right. right. Yeah, you know, they can say, "Hey, you got to keep it clean out there," but that's not really going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it really has to come when it comes down to it. It has to be between Brock and Andrew. Right. And the decisions they make mid-race, there's no other really answer to it. Did either of you jerky see Andrew's pass on Tickle? Because I saw everything. I saw. I did, I did not. Okay. Yeah. So Shorty, Shorty's coming through the pack. Um, and Tickle is, too. I think Tickle fell at some point, too. But, JT, so I want to ask your opinion of this. So, Shorty's all over him. There's no doubt Andrew's going faster this week. And I don't know about the other races. Uh, the Daytona thing I thought was okay. Did we? Did, did you guys see that? 
It was. Uh, a, I thought it was overly aggressive, but but yeah. there's a lot of history there. Yeah, so it's it was. Whatever. It was. It, I thought it was like aggressive racing, but um, in in uh, in Houston, it was a turn before the whoops. Shorty's all over him. He gets the drive on him. JT, you're you're the racer here. Although you know, I've I've won a fair share of Manitoba races in my time, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll go with you here. Um, Brock's on the outside. Shorty's next to him. Now, if I'm tickle, I'm thinking I can. I know that dude is right there, right? Do, do you know? Yeah, that, you have to. You, you, you have, have to kind of assess the situation going into the turn. Yeah, you know, I mean, the guy has the line, and you're on the outside. You kind of have to. At that right. point, you just kind of have to relinquish it. And now, now, Shorty wasn't. Shorty wasn't ahead of Tickle. Tickle was ahead of Andrew, but you have. But Andrew's front wheel was probably, let's say, foot peg or a little further back of Tickle. But he had the inside. He. That's just, what I'm saying. Right. You kind of have to assess the situation. And, and so they go look into that turn to know how it's going to play out. So they go into that turn, and chances are Tickle knows it's Shorty, right? I would think so. They they probably seen him, maybe not, but whatever. Uh, they go into the they go into the turn. I believe Tickle should have checked up, gave him the pass, and tried to square up underneath him. Instead, you know they both were hauling ass, so they need to hit the berm to stop. Both guys need that berm. They can't just uh, you know grab the brakes and pivot on a dime. So they go up into that berm. They go up high. Shorty goes up. Contact with uh, uh, Tickle's front tire. Tickle goes down. I mean, it just I think Brock's got to be a little smarter there. Yeah, and I haven't. I didn't watch it. I'm basically. I'm surely going off of your right. recollection of it. But from what you said, I, I would agree. Um, you kind of have to decide: Do I have? You know, is yeah. there room here, or is this guy? Does he have the line? And if yeah. he has the line, well, you know, right. okay, try to get him back to the next corner. But he's got it for now. You know? Yeah, yeah. Lots of angry people in Houston. Why? Yeah, there was that, and then there was the Weimer took Gerke out pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot of a lot of uh, you know a lot of Harsh words going on in our truck about that. So yep, yep. Pretty pretty dramatic weekend when it's been yeah. been fairly quiet for a while. It has been quiet, but the week off and things are winding down, and maybe people are getting a little tired of what's going on. Um, uh, I think that I think the track was very difficult to pass on, so right. it forced aggressive passes. I know one person who wasn't angry about their travel plans after the race, JT, and that would be Wygant. Just saying, not angry at all. I yeah, there was uh, a lot of anger on that one. Pre-race, pre-race, definitely a lot of anger uh, in all directions that I can see, and some directed at me. But uh, post-race, all good, baby. All good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah there was. A, I was actually over at the ancient. Uh, sorry, I, we keep. I think we refer to this as H and H still. The RCH truck after the race. Yeah, Tickle told me, as as you probably saw, JT, that the thing that really set him off was actually short, kind of saying that he doesn't even really think he did anything wrong. Like he thought it was a racing incident. And Tickle also said that. He had been hit pretty hard by Short a couple of times last year, and he was a rookie, and he kind of didn't know, like, was that well, on purpose, or what's the deal, or was that just an accident? And he's like, now I know that stuff that happened last year was also the way Short rides and stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. James called him the smiley face assassin. RC's made yeah. it known on yeah. TV many times that he's not a fan. Um, what, do you, what do you think of Andrew's riding in general, JT? Like is he is he dirty? Uh, he is definitely one of the most aggressive guys out there. Right. Bordering on, it's it's with me, and I was in those guys' shoes. I would probably think he's dirty, mm-hmm. just because I, I don't like that type of racing that much. Uh, but yeah, he he hasn't really done it to me. 
only out of necessity because he really he was a lot better than me. But right. I definitely have seen him on the giving end of a lot of abuse. That's for sure. Right, right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I know for a fact RC's not a fan. So you know, RC working for Tickle or you know Tickle riding for Ricky, that probably doesn't help things either because there's lots of talk, you know, about that guy and this that guy. So it's heated, man. I don't know. Like you said, JT, they just have to, you know. There's no good ending to this other than just trying to avoid each other, right? Yeah, it's just got to be, you know, I, I think all it'll take is that one time where somebody gives the other a little bit of room. Yeah. And then it'll be, you know, it, and then they kind of pay it forward where, you know, okay, I guess well, it's over. You know what I mean? I'm going to, you know, when I get the chance, I'm not going to take it next time either, you know, so. Shorty had. And, and my in my experience, that's the only way it ever, the, the cycle ever ends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shorty had a great race. Regardless, Cut, ripping through the pack. Good for him. Yeah, um, yeah the best ride of the year, probably. Well, I don't know. It's Honda at the beginning of the year, he had a few good rides, but he yeah. came from way back and passed a lot of guys. Yep. Um, we also uh, we we uh, hanging out at Chad's house this week. Um, Michael Burns still helping, still testing, doing a little bit of work, and and something that Burner found out on the KTM uh, found its way onto Shorty's bike. So look at Michael Burns, still giving. He's a giver. Nothing? Crickets? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly am hoping to see Burner back out there soon. Uh, and, and Burner's a great test rider, so that right. doesn't surprise me. Um, why can't, what do we make of James Stewart? Another another poor race. Yeah, and I mean, at this point, he has to have the all-time record of all-by-yourself, out-of-nowhere crashes, right? And I know that the Stewart rep is that he rides too hard, he rides over his head, and if he just wouldn't ride so hard, he backed it down, so to speak. But I'd say this year especially, but throughout his entire career, but especially this year, there have been a lot of crashes that just make no sense whatsoever. Like, most of the crashes here, I don't think you can blame them on he was riding too hard. He was, you know, trying to jump something, a crazy ball, as you would say. Mm-hmm. Like, just like stalling the bike at the previous two races. Like, what's up with that? What, is what? it lack of concentration? It's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, that, it starts to make me wonder. I, I know, like... Uh, as Pastrano, as you say, you know, his problem was literally being able to pay attention to every inch of the track for the entire race eventually became a problem for him. Like, he, he's so scatterbrained as far as, you know, uh, you can you can see with Pastrano. The guy's mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. of, okay, maybe I can backflip this, and maybe I can backflip it on fire. Maybe I can backflip it on fire with another bike bolted underneath my bike. You know, like, he's, he admitted that a lot of the crashes were because he would lose concentration for a few seconds. Those Stewart crashes totally seem like that to me. Or stalling, like he's—I don't know—but he knows how to go through a turn without stalling, right? Yeah, yeah. This thing's getting worse for him right now. I mean, this is just going yeah downhill. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Good to see him out testing motocross stuff. You follow him on Instagram or Twitter. Been motocross Mm -hmm. testing a lot, so that's good. Um, hey, Josh Hill had a good race. Two strong practices, and it's an eighth in the main. Maybe he's got. You know, we talked. I asked both of you guys, uh, wh- where do we see him? Where do we see his ultimate end goal being? And I think we all could agree that he wasn't going to make it back to where he was. But, uh, hey, eighth place. That's good for him. Yeah, definitely definitely a huge step in the right direction. Uh, and, and I was kind of with you. It just was not the same Josh Hill. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Josh Hill of 2010 uh, out there this weekend either, but uh, to be qualifying in the top ten all day, 
then, you know, saw, mm-hmm. saw what he raced was top three or whatever, top four, whatever he ended up. Um, and then a, a good result in and would have been seventh place if not for a uh, kind of miraculous pass by Andrew Short in the last turn. <laughs> just to rub it so, in, just to um, rub it in even more, RCH. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it wasn't dirty, but it was definitely extremely aggressive. Yeah, I thought it was uh, good. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> yeah, it was it was really smart. You right. know, he found room where there was where there was no room. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back on Josh Hill. I mean, just uh, it made it put a smile on my face. I know. How frustrated he has to be, and how how much uh, adversity he's faced. Even even when he was back racing, as how much adversity he's been facing. So does this? It was cool. I mean, the season's not over, but and, and I I mean, I gotta think he's not going to be on RCH next year. Perhaps, but I gotta think he's not. But does this does this ride sort of get him another good ride? He's not doing outdoors, of course. So, what do you think, JT? Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be gonna be tough. Um, very difficult. Okay. I just don't see him getting back there. Um, well, again, uh, good ro- Trey Kennard back on the podium. Yeah, and uh, you got the kind of same stuff um, that I did. An hour and thirty minutes. Uh, apparently, a lot has changed, and he knows what it is that he was being very. Uh, elusive on explaining that, and and you and I both got the same thing. You know, he did admit that they made an adjustment to the clutch. Yeah. He said new part for the clutch, but whatever it is, they they changed something in the clutch and that helped with the starts. But clearly, there was more to it than that. Like that's just a small example. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still thought it was encouraging because I figure it's worse when you hear these guys saying, "I don't got know." My it started out great, and then it turned horrible, and I can't figure out what's wrong. You know, he seems to know what the problem was, and maybe that means it's easier for him to fix. But it was strange for Trey, who's usually pretty forthcoming, that he wasn't really explaining much. Yeah. But he made it sound like there was a lot that had gone wrong and a lot that changed. I read your interview with him um, online, and I think, I don't know if you heard mine. We were both going in the same. Yeah, I did. We were going in the same direction where, like, some time off the bike due to the injury, concussion, was maybe got him more excited or more ready to chomp at the bit. Um,. You know, we, we both yeah, kinda... I feel like we both. You guys, you guys don't call my phone. You guys don't do anything on the time. Oh, JT arguing with the airline. You hear that? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's actually good chatter. I'd say for the show, it's sure. actually kind of interesting. Oh yeah, he just yeah. he just hung up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, well, it'll be a much more angry JT when we get him back on yeah, the phone. Yeah, he had a small window. The window might have closed. <laughs> That's right. Um. Hey. You're never in a good mood when you find that you're flying into a hair, for sure. No, no, definitely not. Um, but anyway, you and I, I feel like we both offered that up. Like, I think we thought that was a solution for Trey. Like, hey, you had mm-hmm. time off. You got a chance to regroup, reevaluate. But I don't think that was the direction he was necessarily going in. I mean, he had it sound like there was something much different. And I don't know if it was him mm-hmm. or if it was bike-related. But yeah. do you remember back in one of the Anaheims, I believe it was Anaheim, Three. We were in the parking lot with the classic, you know, one AM Chad Reed last rider there left. Yeah. And talking to him. Yeah. And he had said that uh, you know, he had been struggling quite a bit on that new bike, much more so than, than Barsha and, and Carnard were earlier in the year because they were doing well. Yeah. And he's like, We change a lot of things and we've gone in a totally different direction. And he's like, I bet you're gonna see over the next couple of weeks that those guys are gonna start having problems and they probably don't know it yet. And you know what? Darn it if both of them haven't quite had as good races since since those early rounds, especially Kennard. I mean, there was a big drop-off in yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. So, 
And Barsha yep. was pissed after the race. Um, I don't know if Belos ever got a hold of him or not, but he was pissed at his fourth. Right. But, you know, he, he's been okay at Toronto and, and, um, and yeah. at Houston. Just okay. And he's been not happy, but he hasn't yep. been the same. I mean, he won Phoenix, took off, grabbed the win, took off, won. So, you know, the, 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 the bar has been set a little bit for him. So, um, Yeah, something hasn't been quite the same for, for those guys. Um, I saw Barsha after the race. Long conversations with uh, with John Gallagher right after the race. So I would assume that's over this blows thing. Blows thinks that he yeah yeah I, knocked I, it out or something. Yeah yeah something. I didn't see it. I just saw blows on the concrete. And whenever you see someone on concrete, you right. know it's not good. And yeah, he was looking for yeah. Marsha after the race. Um, yeah, it's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show, brought to you by BTOSports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on pulpamex.com to help out pulpamex.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. X Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOSports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM Race Team and the heart of the BTO Sports Amateur Motocross Team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Nicoletti, dude. Nicoletti was ninth place until like the last lap. And he dumped it, yeah. dumped it off coming out of the sand, hit some tough blocks. But uh, Filthy Phil is getting, getting the hang of this thing. Had to go to the LCQ, though. Has to be, yeah, but. But we know, didn't he, is he the one that fell in that heat race? Yeah. Um, He's the one he, that fell. He fell yeah. and Canari piled into him. Right, right. right. I mean, he didn't, he, he might, he probably wouldn't have had to go to the LCQ if he didn't crash while running second. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was yeah. riding so horribly right. that he couldn't make it out of the heat. It was weird though. When we saw him after practice, he hated those whoops. Yeah. And it seemed like it was going to be a bad day for him. You know what? If he keeps this up, 
got to be the most improved rider from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pike had that title. Pike had that title, you know, a couple years ago. Um, And, and yeah, yeah, Nicoletti, right? I mean, he was way off the pace beginning of the year. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe something to do with those delicious carne tacos we had at NFAB, Omaha. Man. They were good. Hit them where they ain't. Well, it's just brilliant for the team to say, everybody serves dinner at 5 o'clock. Why don't we serve lunch at 3? Brilliant move. I mean, everybody was over there. Beaker was over there. Yeah. There were lots of Instagram photos of, of Blows' <laughs> fox gear once yeah. the carne asada tacos came out. Right. Do you think normally <laughs> Blows gets a lot of Instagram photos from Fox? Probably not. I'm guessing not. But uh, bring... Actually, i got to say, Beaker came out. I don't know if Beaker knew there was food there, but, I mean, it was kind of surprising how big a crew they had over there all of a sudden. Yeah. Bring the carne out, bro, and, and people just descend on it mm-hmm. like, like the bees at BTOKTM. Oh man, we got to get JT back on the phone. You did you know the whole story of that? That um, was impressive. I heard. N- yeah, I don't know the whole story. Besides, JT's like the Queen flew there, and they weren't out to sting anybody. They were just hanging out with the Queen. That was it. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> yeah, they kept saying all day, "You got to go over there and see the bees over at BTO." But I had too much other business to take care of. Lots, like you said, lots of angry people. Go see the bees. Do a lot of angry. <laughs> Didn't have time for the. I had to deal with a lot of angry people in Houston. Yeah, yeah. One um, story I wrote last week about about tickle, and it was like, it was like a double barrel shotgun. Like there was just that collateral damage in all directions. That one story I wrote. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. You, I cleared it up. Tickle and I are good. Tickle and I are good. I talked to Matt today. So we're fine. Yeah, yeah. I, which which is very very weird that he was. He, the article was a great article talking about how he's done really well, and it was your comment. Your racer X reply to a racer X comment oh, yeah. that, that did you in, but I mean I'm yeah, even surprised. But I'm even surprised that he was that angry. I thought you were making it up. I for, for, when you told me the story, I thought for real um, that they that that they that they that you were making that up that he was joking. But just because oh yeah you thought he was being sarcastic. Yes, because Tickle's a good guy. No, he was not. He's funny. He's, yep. he's a good yep. guy, and and that would be what he would do. But he was really mad that you said he would be a disappointment. Yeah, yeah, and I explained to him what I meant, and I even talked to uh, Carmichael about this because, um, you know, that I, this is what I said all year. He is going to be a disappointment because people thought, look out, Carmichael handpicked this guy. He sees something in him. Look out. Look at the huge step up you're going to get from right. Pickle. And that's just not realistic. And honestly, yeah. Ricky and Brock both said, well, we weren't expecting that either, you know? Yeah. Brock wasn't expecting to, you know, necessarily even win a race this year. Carmichael said a top five would be a win for us. That's all we – top five is the highest we think we can get. Yeah. You know? I you mean, know, even – Carmichael wasn't saying he's going to be the next GOAT. Even Watson was saying, hey, we – and they said it publicly in the article, so I'm not divulging anything here. We tried for Wilson and we tried for Grant. We tried for Millsaps. Then we looked at all the points and Brock was the highest guy, and we went for him. It wasn't exactly like we see something in this guy. It was he was the best guy that didn't turn us down. Yeah, and um, which is fine. And yeah. uh, now I hear, unfortunately for him, I hear a lot of people saying, you know, why did they sign that guy? Like Ricky wants winners, and and I'm like, that's just not fair. Like they internally, and I said this all year, it's only the external expectations that are bad. I don't yeah. think the team or Brock themselves had unrealistic goals. You know, maybe they want to do better than when they get eleventh. Maybe they want to get eighth, yeah. but I don't think they expect to win the race. So that's the part I was trying to explain. Um, you just got to be careful when you get involved in the race race comments. It's a deep, yeah. dark place. Well, and yeah, and it sucked, uh, you, it sucked you in big time. All right, JT, yeah. you're, you're back. Uh, O'Hare problems. You actually missed your flight doing this podcast. 
yeah, but I got on one. There's another one ten minutes later, so I'll okay. be all right. All right. Um, we were just talking about Tickle and Wygant getting smoothing over that. Uh, Wygant, you also uh, – Star Racing guy is not happy with you for your Brock Tickle article. Your Brock Tickle article caused a lot of issues this week. I'm saying double-barrel shotgun, that article, because I threw in there that Tickle was the rare example of Star Racing sticking with the guy. His fourth year as a pro, he won his first race. You know, they stuck with him, they stuck with him, and it eventually paid off. But the Star Racing guys, maybe maybe folks have noticed that we've taken some shots at the team this year. Um, so they've about had it. Um, they've about, they've, they've about had my, it. <laughs> well, yeah, they've about had it. But uh, here's the thing. Like, Tickler and I smoothed it out. He understood what I meant. We agree. We're good. But on the star racing thing, I just held my ground, and I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. Like, you really think the star dudes are looking back at their season right now and saying, it's been awesome. Well, like, well, I mean. It hasn't been good. And yeah. last year was tough, too. Yep. So. Yeah, what are you going to do? Unfortunate. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, it is what it is. Uh, Bobby Hewitt one time, we made a lot of fun of Bobby Hewitt's program at one time because it was kind of off the rails, and, you know, good for him. He's turned it around. It's a solid program. Um, JT. Uh, yeah, and I said to the guys, there's no doubt that a year or two from now, let's say Martin and Webb pan out like a lot of people think they will, it could really be doing well, and we will be glad to say it yeah. when that happens. But yeah. we can't. I got the classic argument from one of the guys over there. He's like, how are you helping us? sell sponsorships when you're writing stories about us not doing doing well. And I'm like, I am not here to say that everyone's awesome all the time. That's not what people want to read about. They want to know what's really happening. And if a team is struggling, they want to hear the team is struggling and they want to hear why. They don't they don't want to hear everything sugar coated. So I can't help you there. Yeah. Yeah, let's just get our pom poms yeah. and we'll yeah. help out everybody. You're you're not their media manager. You're not there to sell them sponsorships. That's that's unfortunate yeah, people I, think like that. But what it well, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, JT, what about these? Beef? Anyway, they have more bad yeah. news too. They, unfortunately, they had just lost Martin to a, uh, think a, a crack in his radius, so they probably weren't in good news all around. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. JT, the BTO team this this weekend was indeed full of bees. Yeah, that's uh, that was interesting. I've never actually seen that happen at a race before. Um, for whatever reason, uh, I guess the queen bee flew into our grill, and then it was uh, surrounded by every bee within a 100-mile radius, it seemed like. So, uh, yeah, the, the Bubba Burger experience was a little bit, uh, yeah, derailed. Come, come get a Bubba Burger and get and, get, and meet some bees. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, hey, Adam Eckenbach. Ecken, Eckenbach. Uh, come on. Ekinap, Ektinap, Inkinap, Inkinap. Anyways, he made the main. What do we know about him? Anyone? Good job, Adam. Big fan uh, yeah, over there. He's, the from, he's from NorCal. He's NorCal. Yep. What did you say? He was on the cover of the AMA magazine last month. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. That whole story about him and his dad, and you know how much they spend racing and how much they pay to race. It was a good story by Jeff Cardis. And uh, also, a second AMA reference, if you remember, when I interviewed um, Kevin Crowther from the AMA over the super controversial Villapoto passes mm-hmm. at St. Louis, yeah. he said, the rule book is the same, and we don't care who rides for who or who they're sponsored by, whether it's Ryan Villapoto or Adam Enticknap, the rules are the same. Oh, he even uh, dropped, ec- yeah. ec- 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 he even dropped uh, Enticknap's name. Wow. 
Yeah, he was the the obscure rider to right. pick from the pile. It was, uh, that was good. Reading yeah. his sponsor list, it just says uh, his number one sponsor says Dave Humphrey. I like that. Just have your name right there, Dave Humphrey. Not Humphrey Racing or, you know. Yeah. Dave Humphrey. Dave must be pumped. Yeah. I bet Dave must be pumped. That's good. Good for Dave. Um, <laughs> hey, okay, let's, let's, anything else about 450s or can we go to 250s? Um, I got a topic I want to I want to discuss with JT here. I guess we didn't even lose him or something again. We didn't even go over. Dungey. We didn't go over Dungy oh. at all, and maybe that's 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 bad of us. But I talked to Roger after the race, and uh, it does seem like what? How many races in a row is that for Dunge to get second? Hold on, I got the points here. I uh, well, got third oh, in Toronto. Oh, I got third in Toronto. Never mind. Okay. Well, three out of the last well, four. Four out of five, I think. Three out three of the last four. four. There you go. Three out of four. Been second place. Yeah. So he's starting to yep. separate himself, too. Uh, the script is the same every week. You know, he yeah. eventually gets in the second, and then he's behind Villapoto, and then he fairly well matches him speed-wise. Right. But, uh, I mean, that's two totally separate things. It's uh, got to make it happen, I guess. Right. What were you going to say to JT? Oh, JT. About Intercap? Okay, obviously. No. Or unless you have something about Intercap to add. Or, or, oh, I was or, just going to say he's uh, actually didn't know too much about him until last year. He w- we did a fly racing photo shoot together and got to ride with him some. But actually, really nice guy. And yeah, those guys aren't making any money doing this. You know? Do you know anything They're about Dave Humphrey? Out there for the love of the sport. What about Dave, Dave? Humphrey? I do not know. Okay. No idea. Uh, but good on you know, Dave Humphrey help, is... for helping him out. That's all. You know, these guys need all the help they can get. Uh, JT, I was going to ask, okay, it's been a recurring theme this year, certainly the track. There's not a lot of passing. Um, I'm going to throw this out there. The teams are much more sophisticated as far as figuring things out now. They have the ghost programs. There's split times with transponders. Um, I would think that compared to, say, 15 years ago or even 10, teams are a little bit sharper over figuring out what obstacles to do and what lines work. I remember back in the 90s, it was like a thing like Yamaha was literally maybe saying about ending on the TV show. Well, he just needs to do all the obstacles. If he can just do all the jumps, we'll be good. Like, that was a big thing, like just doing all the jumps consecutive laps 20 times. Nowadays, everyone knows exactly what to do, and they can do it all every lap. So do you think that's – is it perhaps a little harder for the track builders to build options when the teams are down to the nanosecond of figuring out the outside is always going to be faster than the inside every lap? Do you think that's possible, possibly a factor? Uh, I think it's a lot of it, honestly, is how good the bikes are. More than anything, uh, to do all of the obstacles every lap on the bikes as good as they are now isn't that difficult. I, where I, whereas I think 15 years ago, the two strokes you had wheel spin and uh, less, so much less torque. So if you made a mistake coming out of a turn, you couldn't just you know grab a little bit of clutch and you're good. You know it was a completely different dynamic uh, with with the basically a forgiveness factor of the bike. Um, but yes. What you were saying about the teams and the ghost program, I, there is no there are no secrets. Uh, you you know, everybody has at least a, some film of Bill Poto or Dungey or Stewart or one of the top guys, and then they overlay it to you know like Andrew Short has that going on where he overlays guys and, and yeah. So as far as having a secret line or no, knowing what's better than the other guys, yeah, that that's all out the window now. So the track builders are getting bagged on a lot, but it is harder than it used to be to build the track that really has multiple lines and different options because everyone quickly figures out the best option, and then they know that's it. 
this is where you have to go every lap. It's got to be harder to build those multiple lines than it used to be because of this. Yeah, I agree on somewhat. I would like to see a little bit more creative jump sections, not just the standard, you know, double, then triple, then turn, then on-off, turn, you know, double, just something different. I, I don't know. that. That Maybe that's just me, and I know I'm not trying to rewrite how Supercross is laid out because it's obviously successful, but I don't know. I just walk the track, and I'm like, oh, yeah, if there's another on-off, and then there's a double, and then there's a standard triple, and then there's a finish line, and, you know, I don't know. It just seems a bit repetitive on that end of it to me. And I, at some level, we have to realize that they're putting on a show and, and they've figured out that's what makes a good show and they, they like that apparently. But I would just like to see something different sometime. More dirt, Joker Lane, more dirt, bigger obstacles. Stamp it. Maybe it's CEO. Yeah, and just get some fresh Maybe. ideas. Talk to Bashana. Talk to guys who. You know, Pastrana had a track that had completely different obstacles on it, um, different rhythms, different ideas. The two two lane where there was a wall berm, you know, wall berms on inside outside. Just get some some freshness in there where it's not so stale for the riders. It just seems like the you know before we even walk the track, you basically you know what the you know if you don't know where the, how the turns are going to be, but you know what the jumps are going to be. It's just the same thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, well, hey. I'm going to be doing a comprehensive track story, apparently. Maybe I'll try to get to the bottom of that. Um, all right, 250 class. Uh, man, Wharton, we did our pre-race show. No one picked Wharton. I don't know if anybody picked him for the podium, even. Um, Absolutely, but, we did. Okay, Bowers, uh, we thought Bowers could do something, and he did, he rode well. Wharton had had a couple of bad races. In, I mean, Indy threw it away. Toronto wasn't good for him. The race before that wasn't good. But he earned uh, Houston, man. That came out of nowhere. And I guess why can't, that's why Blake Wharton gets rides, because he can do that once in a while. Yeah, we say it all the time. I mean, that's what teams are looking for, wins or potential for wins. Um, I was really surprised with this, though, because I always thought Blake, consistency, I didn't think was really an issue for him. Even last year, he was pretty consistent. But I just feel like for him, it's that extra 2% speed, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he could have won Indy, but let's be honest, the two fastest guys in the class were last and next to last in the first turn. And I'm like, okay, but he'll put in the laps and he'll go fast enough to win mm-hmm. under those circumstances. But Moose Camp passed him, and you just expected that was it. Moose Camp's been I on did. a roll. He's going to check out, right? Yep. Yeah. And Wharton came back at him three times with pass attempts. And when he got him, he was holding him at bay. I mean, Moose Camp, if he hadn't crashed, may have won, but it, Wharton was obviously just as fast as those guys. Yeah. I was surprised by that. Yeah, he rode great, man. Held held it strong, yeah. um, and Muscan recovered pretty well. JT, considering he fell down a third, is I mean Han, you're not you're, he's close enough to Han where you're not going to catch and hunt him down like that. You know, uh, yeah, he he wrote he wrote well. Obviously, huge mistake, but salvage it with a third. You know, yeah. uh, not the end of the world. But I, honestly, I was more disappointed because I thought that Han could have, should have, would have won that race. Yeah, um, hey, Missed the finish line jump two or three times. You know, that's, right, right. that's unheard of, you know. Yeah. And he would catch right back up to Wharton. And I just feel like if he hadn't made those huge mistakes, he, he could have, should have won that race. He right. Was arguably, I, I would say, the fastest guy on the track. But yep. uh, can't make huge mistakes like that. You can't, you know, you can't can't give anybody any cushion. He just kept giving Wharton room and giving him room. And, and yeah. That, that was the result, basically. Uh, what did you think of Bowers, JT? 
Uh, good. I, that's what I expected. I, yeah. I predicted fourth or fifth, and uh, he rode well, you know, really well. Um, mm-hmm. Had a little melee on the start straight, had to go around, freeze up on the ground. and um, Yeah, I honestly expected that. I know he's a great rider, and on that bike and that program, and the way the class is right now with injuries and all that, um, yeah, that, you know, I, I was thinking maybe he had a shot to get a third whenever Muskman went down, but, mm-hmm. yeah, Marvin was Marvin was just a little bit, you know, a little right. bit better. As a fill-in rider for the pro circuit team, Weege, that was needed. If Bowers would have imploded, I would have been scared for Mitch. Yeah, that was a tough situation for Bowers because, as as you had heard, he was done. Like he wasn't doing any riding. Ring cross ended. He had to get collarbone surgery midway through. He like got to the end of that, and it was time to put the feet up and, and go on vacation. So, you know, and then this really only happened what a couple of days. It wasn't like he knew he was going to get this ride two or three weeks ago. So. Right. He pulled that together pretty quick. I'm kind of bummed because really, he's not going to you're not going to make a huge game between now and Minneapolis. So that really only leaves one race, you know, Vegas, where Vegas, he will probably yeah. come in with a good level of preparation, and anything yeah. can happen in one race. So it's too bad we we might not be able to see how good he could really do right. with this opportunity. Uh, Gavin Faith came from 16th to fifth, fell down in the first turn, 16th at the end of the first lap. I don't know if you guys are aware of that or not. He rode well, and he needed that man. Yeah. He needed a race like yeah. that. Uh, Cole Thompson was in fifth. Uh, the whoops did him in. He was not good enough. He was jumping through them uh, from the inside. It wasn't wasn't a good uh, night for him in the whoops, but still tied his career best with sixth. Uh, JT, Pete, Peter Larson, a PJ Larson, he made it to the race, which was good. How do you screw that up, JT? How do you tweet that you're not going to be there and then ends up that you are going to be there? Uh, the story that we both heard was, yeah, severe miscommunication. Uh, his team apparently thought he was in Australia already, <laughs> which I'm, I'm unaware of how that all goes down, but right. I'm just relaying information I was told. Um, your number one rider at the time, you don't know what country he's even in on Thursday before the race. Um, uh, yeah. Did you, did you and Forrest sure. Butler ever have an issue like this in your time? No, no, they, no. you know, he yeah. may have thought I was at Starbucks when I was at Seattle's Best Coffee, but right. guess what I knew what country I was in. <laughs> but the 1110 <laughs> team wasn't there. He rode a Rock River Yamaha with his motor and suspension, right, Wygant? I don't. Apparently only parts of the motor. Now, now it was down to like a head, I think. I don't maybe suspension. understand <laughs> our sport sometimes. I don't get this. It's... Are you really that shocked, though? Are you really that shocked? Come on, dude. You really surprised? I don't know. I mean, no, I guess not. But I just don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how there's a complete misunderstanding that a guy's going to be in Australia and not Houston. I, it just that blows me away. Yeah, but after it happened for eleven, after it was a team that's struggling to make it work. Not, it's not like this happened uh, where Dungey they didn't know where it was. You know what I mean? Like, there's different yeah. levels of teams here, and they have different levels of staff and. <laughs> but if if you're Yamaha, are you pumped? Are you happy? In what sense of the word? As a general company? <laughs> are you like happy that your Velocity Three and your eleven ten teams, teams that you sunk your support into, we've reached this point. One is folded, never had a chance. One didn't show up at the race, and and didn't yeah, just didn't show up at the race and had its star rider. Tweet, I'm not racing. Anyone has a race bike? Question mark. 
I don't know. I mean, God, our sport sometimes. You just have to laugh. You know what? Honestly, it shows how accessible the sport still is. You know, people always right. complain that it's all about money, money, money. But it shows, like, like the eleven ten team is literally no different than whatever town you're living in listening to this. If you've got a guy who does pop-up stuff for bikes, right. it is that shop racing at the highest level. So, I mean, I'm sure they don't have any employees that are in charge of travel or any of that stuff. They're basically just dudes that work on bikes. So these things are going to fall between the cracks. I think people would honestly be surprised how how normal the 1110 thing is. It's no different than any shop in your town, USA. You just happen to race Supercross and get top 10. Attention, Jim's bum sticks. You too can finish top 10. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah. Wow. Anyways, um, what else, JT? Do you- yeah, after, after the Phil Nicoletti at High Point fiasco where showed up and wasn't allowed to race and – Right. You know, all that. Yeah, I, I, nothing is going to blow me away at this point. But then they were, they, if they showed up by 6 a.m., they could race. So they had to drive all night. Oh, didn't Jordan, didn't Racer X's own Jordan Roberts have quite an experience with the eleven ten team? Yeah, we did a story where he right. drove to Millville with him. And it is like, you're like, this is unbelievable. Like, they're at the shop trying to get the bikes done at like 11 p.m. on Thursday. And they're like, it's a 13-hour drive. And we're 12 hours from where we have to be at sign-up or something like that. <laughs> like, but the bikes aren't ready. Um I'm confused. Uh, Jackson Richardson from Australia was supposed to get a visa, and Mitch Oldenburg broke a collarbone, and P.J. Larson didn't have a race bike. This was all, like, midweek. If you'd asked me Wednesday about those three riders, that's what I would have told you. Yet they all raced, right. and they all made the main. Yeah. Very bizarre. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome yeah. to the 250 East. <laughs> uh, hey, Zach Freeberg has a broken tibia, by the way, uh, so he'll be out for a while. Oh, man. Um, that what about was poo sites. Did we learn anything about poo? Oh, I didn't hear anything about poo. Poo's yeah. definitely out. Poo's hurt. You know, yeah, I think his knee is uh, a question mark on the knee. They they probably tried to rub some chewing tobacco on it, and you know to see how it would react and and rub some dirt Suck on the it. Venom out, right? Suck the venom out, and he's <laughs> he, he's in Kentucky right now trying to uh, get a get a transplant, but. Um, anything else, JT? Do you want to go on about how crappy the two of the East guys are? Uh, a lot of guys got a lot of points this weekend. Excited <laughs> for them. A lot of points towards that national number. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy like Michael Byrne, you know, no points. Um, uh, he's got twenty six for life. So that's he's not right. worried. You're right. I'm trying to think of somebody who like. Well, um, hey, did you got what about that? Did you? I went to the suite, to the Anfab suite. Well, again, I don't know where you ended up. You were on your way to the NFAB suite. But did you guys? Yeah, and I found some other dudes I knew in another suite that was like three doors closer. So that was it. Um, did you guys see um, the LCQ, Timothy LCQ? Carnage. Just yeah. takeouts yeah. and carnage, and it was awesome. It was really good. It was Canary. I thought the 450 was just as good. Cody Gilmore going for the takeout. Uh, I mean, there was, you know, everybody was going for it. Both LCQs. Yeah. Yeah, good point, huh? Canary was basically riding a Yamaha four-wheeler. Like, everybody got to him, and then they were just, he was not <laughs> going to let anyone get around him. I don't know how he didn't fall. I really don't know how he didn't fall in that one turn. <laughs> Only, he's meathead. Yeah, he's, he's meathead. That's it. Um, some good racing in those LCQs, though, man. I'll tell you what. I like that. I like the two. Yeah. 
I like the 250 guy that is so determined to make the pass for the last spot that there's, you know, and like we talked about with the Cole Thompson pass, JT, we disagreed on it, but like you're just hoping you pick your bike up first. That's the kind of idea you have in your mind. Yep. Like I'm yeah, gonna. Well, there's a lot of points on the line for those guys. You get in the 250 main event, you got points for days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all towards a national number, ladies and gentlemen. Daniel Harrion, national number 35. <laughs> 25. <laughs> hey, does anybody know anything about Zach Williams? No. Who? He's uh, was an amateur last year, rookie. Okay. He's from Minnesota. I think he just got back on a Honda. Told. So, Zach Williams uh, from Minnesota and Mitchell Oldenburg's from Minnesota, Alex Martin and, and uh, Jeremy Martin from Minnesota, and, of course, Ryan Dungey from Minnesota. District 23, coming back. Big race coming up for those guys. Yeah. One weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to Minneapolis, how, how do we feel about that? We... I'm actually standing in Minneapolis, so I feel great about it. Is it cold and snowy? Uh, yes, this is Minnesota. Ah, yeah, but we're already in April, so wasn't sure. Are you saying I should pack pants? Uh, I wouldn't say something silly like that for you. Yeah, but it's cold. Should normal people pack pants? Yes. Yeah. I see no one with shorts on here. Um. Okay. Well, I'm gonna still be wearing shorts. Uh, expect nothing less. Minneapolis uh, should be interesting to see how, how it is. Um, well, again, can we talk about what you heard about venues for next year? Yeah. That first I can hear is Steve Hudson riding by. Hey, bro. Yeah. That's right. In the heart of it. Yep. You are. You know that? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. All right. What's up? Can we talk about what you heard as a rumor for a new venue next year in Supercross? Um. No, I can't talk about that, but I can say that there's a, a special limited engagement channel on Sirius XM Radio with such, they play nothing but Bon Jovi, including their 1988 hit album, New Jersey, baby. Okay. So, you like that New Jersey? I cannot Jer- talk about the new venue. Right. But you that like, was an awesome album. You do an like, awesome album title. Right, you do like that album, New Jersey. Yes, and as a New York Giants fan, they have an awesome stadium. Right. Brand new building that'll be hosting the Super Bowl soon in East Rutherford, New Jersey. But yes. that's, we're talking about music and football. We're way off. Right, right. Okay. Right All right. Yeah, fair enough. Let's let's yeah. move on. Um Yeah, and if you're Minnesota, by the way, the, the Minnesota fans they've got to be nervous. They're always on the chopping block. It's like they get no <laughs> reprieve. Yeah. They have a race, same thing in New Orleans. If you have a race and you do not show up, you're not gonna have your race for <laughs> five years. That seems to so you better show up this weekend. That basically should be on the billboard. Show up or it's gone. Yeah. Come Come see Ryan Villapoto and James Stewart. Show up or this is gone. That should be on the billboard. <laughs> it should be a picture of them with, like, guns to their heads. Yeah. Or, they but, will not be back next year unless you show up. But in parentheses, you'll have, but we'll keep going to Jacksonville. <laughs> <laughs> what did we go, three years there? Four years? Was it? Yeah, they tried. Uh, they tried hard. I yeah. saw so many people this weekend that were from New Orleans because Houston's, like, the next closest. They're oh, from yeah, that yeah. Area. right, right. And they were just so bummed. So many bummed people. Like, yeah, what happened? Why don't I have a... And I'm like, well, the crowd was so small that there wasn't even enough body heat in the building to make it warm, and it was 80 degrees outside. <laughs> right, right. They said, the crowd will heat this thing up, don't worry, and it never happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, 
what else? Anything else, guys? JT? Uh, oh, I, I, I did. Uh, as you know, uh, I live near the JGR guys. I mentioned this time or two. Um, and then when everybody lands at the airport together, there's like some people, some other guys leave their trucks at the shop and some leave them at the airport and blah, blah, blah. The way it all broke down, I had the pleasure of driving Justin Brayton to the JGR shop on Sunday morning so he could get his truck. Really? Yeah, I had to show him around. Hey, Justin, and, uh, Justin, you need a ride? Justin, you need a ride? Justin? Yeah, very. I had him. <laughs> Doors were locked. The the mood was better with the JGR guys, huh? Brayton rolled well. I mean, it wasn't he didn't like kill it or anything, but it's been a lot. It was a lot better than it's been. Yeah, that was more. That was, that was a shot in the arm they needed there. A sixth. Yeah. I think people understand what we talk about on the show. Like we, you know, every everyone has different expectations at different levels, and it's like when Brayton gets eleventh, you know, I don't think it's like we're saying he should be winning the race, but. You know, he knows that he wants to be hovering around fifth, so sixth is there's, much more like it, and that's what we mean by it. Yeah. There's no Short. reason why he can't be battling with Short and Weimer while Weimer's struggling a bit every weekend. You know what I mean? That's the level he's at. And Kennard, Barsha, you know what I mean? Like those type of dudes. Well, it's the same thing. Like Weimer, you know, I think a lot of people, like we're saying Weimer's struggling, like we said, coming back from injury, and a lot of people are like, well, whatever. You know, he's not going to win the race anyway. But Weimer knows where he should be. Right, right. You know, he knows who he should be and things like that. And that's why you mentioned when a guy like Gerke steps up, yeah. totally throws people for a loop. Like the cast, the social caste system gets totally out of order. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, JT, uh, Reed coming back Minneapolis? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would say there's a, chance, a good chance. Uh, I haven't really heard. I don't think he knows at this point. Right, right. Okay. Um, I hope so. I hope so. The more guys out there, the better. That's that's for sure. Yeah, really, huh? Hey, shout out to Chad Crawford. He he's one of those dudes who lives in a tundra. He made the main. So that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Anything else? We good? Wrapping up. BTOsports.com, uh, Race Rex Podcast presented by 4MX. Are we good? I think we're good. How's Cole Thompson's suspension? How's Cole Thompson's suspension? Good. Well, I had my ace, Supercross star, Jason Thomas try to watch it for me to verify my feelings, and then he started yelling, holy shit, like something else happened, and he took his eye away from the from the, from the I, I wish. Here's the good thing, JT, about you doing this VIP program. Every week, five or six guys, or whoever man it is, get to, get to re- realize that what we do on the show is not an act at all. Like, it is basically they're seeing the show happen live. During, oh, yeah. for example, is that during the main that you were doing that? I don't know. During the main, Mathis. Yes, it was. JT, look at Cole Thompson's suspension. It's too soft. And we're like, you can tell a guy's suspension is too soft from eight stories to the eighth floor of the building in the press box. Look at it. You can tell. You're an idiot. Look at it. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, then, three hours. and then I'm like, are you looking at it? No. <laughs> look at it now. <laughs> look at it now. There's look a at- battle going on for the lead. Will Hans missing the finish line jump. You know, and, and you're rambling about Cole Thompson's I'm telling you, I, I've been up close. I watched it from trackside before. While you're dropping your your phone that has the Leafs game on it, spilling your coffee cup. The <laughs> <laughs> Leafs game was over by then. Okay, big win. It was over. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, how about me bringing you chicken fingers and pizza, bro, from the suite? Yeah, that was, that was solid. Right. Thank you.
Thank you. Yeah. Solid. I never know why Wygant did not make it to the suite. I still didn't find out what happened. He got swallowed up by somebody. He's stealing no, the I jet. Said, I, as I was headed, there was a different suite, but other people I knew that was like three doors closer. So I just went in there and ate their food. Oh, okay. All right. I figured. Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. I never made it. This are, we, are we coining the term Justin the Jet, Brady? What? That was, yeah. that was what we just yeah, throwing around on the weekend. Justin the Jet Brayton. I didn't hear that. Yep. Really? Why? Oh, I, oh I, yes. I, 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 I was thrown around. Justin the yeah. Jet Brayton. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. man. For, for reasons, just think about it, guys. Think about why. Oh. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Got it. Yeah. yeah. The Jet. Right. Yeah. Good one. Mm-hmm. All about it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went by after Wygant. You weren't there, and I went by and asked Coy about um, – Let's say you guys did have a shrivet shred, and you were getting getting home that way. Could you take me to Las Vegas? And you can guess what the answer was. So, he was not going to Las Vegas that night, or the next night, or it appears ever. My guess is that there was a weight joke thrown in there. No. Um. Nope. Nope. Just laughter. Laughter like oh. no other. He, there, I would think that he would want to give you the opportunity just to be able to say, "Oh no, wait, you weigh too much." I mean, you, you to guys, give him that self satisfaction of making that joke. I wish I had a camera on me when he was spraying contact cleaner in the morning. He was cleaning some part with contact cleaner, and he wasn't paying attention because he was talking to me, and he sprayed it sideways onto his hand instead of on the part because he wasn't holding the can straight. It's like spraying yourself in the face with mace. Yeah, pretty much. It was awesome. Yeah, I started laughing at him, and then he just wanted to change subject. So, um, all right, guys, thanks for doing the uh, the podcast, Houston wrap up, BTOsports.com, Thor MX uh, presented uh, podcast, uh, good times, Minneapolis this weekend. I will see both of you jerkies there. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than two hundred episode archive. Or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.